Hello and welcome to Bear Football here on the Barroom Network. John Buffon alongside Danny Shimon. And that was a fun game, wasn't it, boys and girls? Uh, Dallas Cowboys defend their home turf. They come out with a 49-29 to 29 victory. There were some uh, spurts there where we, you know, the, the, the Bears thought they were going to be back in this, cut it to a five-point game, had a little bit of momentum, and then the wheels fell off. So, uh, Danny, you talked a little bit about this uh, and, and on the halftime report, but... Uh, what did you see some of the adjustments in the in the second half and then where it kind of just fell apart? I didn't. Honestly, I didn't, John. I mean, I mean, other than the, that first drive once the Cowboys got the you know the ball in the second half where Jalen Johnson had a nice play to, to force that incompletion. They got a three and out, and then the, obviously the Bears got the ball back. But other than that, they they really I didn't see anything in terms of the run defense. It's so frustrating. There are times that they they brought, especially on that last Pollard touchdown. I mean, I was yelling on my TV that it looks like they brought everyone on, on that on that uh, left side, and and Smith um, Roquan just kind of stopped in the hole, didn't kind of come down, continue coming downhill, and then and then a player got in front of him, tripped him up, and then Paula just you know nice and neatly just went around the edge and you know for that long touchdown, it was just embarrassing. I mean, this is just a frustrating game defensively. The Bears had no answers for for Dallas's uh, running attack, passing game, other than the Eddie Jackson interception. And the aforementioned uh, play by Jalen Johnson. I mean, they they did whatever they wanted to offensively. Dallas did. Bears had no one to answer for them. And, and this is why it's always while some, you know, there have been games where, you know, the opponents scored 12 points or, you know, the opponents scored 17 points. You know, the, the quality of offensive weaponry wasn't the same as Dallas's. And when you put them up against, when you put this Bears defense up against a real offense, this is what's going to happen to them. And this is why I'm saying defense is a huge concern for me. While the other people, you know, come on here and say, hey, you know, we're getting better defensively. I, you know, I don't see it. I don't see it. And run defense has been a problem for the first couple of weeks. It got better the last couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden now it's they got gashed again today. Pass rush for me, guys, has been a problem the entire season, right? Even with Robert Quinn, they weren't generating enough pr- pressure on the quarterback. This is a, this is a defensive uh, scheme coaching staff. They don't like bringing pressure. They don't like bringing, bringing extra defenders. They want to use that front four. Front four wasn't getting pressure before Robert Quinn. They sure didn't get any pressure today. And today, run defense was just atrocious. I mean, it was embarrassing, you know, in terms of what the Bears put out there defensively. Yeah, the Cowboys rushed for 200 yards. Dak Prescott throws for 250 with two touchdowns. Uh, it could like have been more said, if they wanted. Yeah, it really could have been. I mean, they they called the they called the uh, the dogs off late in the game. I mean, that those statistics could have been inflated even more. Uh, but Danny, to your point. At some point, you got to start bringing some pressure. If you're not gonna, if you're not gonna get any kind of push with those front four, and like you said, they weren't doing it with Robert Quinn. They're sure as hell not doing it without Robert Quinn. Uh, for a team that is usually pretty good about being able to make adjustments, uh, is this is this more of a this is the system we're not gonna bring pressure. We got to make this work, or why? What's why? Why the why the hesitancy to bring more pressure? Well, a lot of times what these defensive coaches like to do is they like to just drop more guys back in coverage. Even if you're not getting there with your front four, they hope eventually you're going to get there eventually, you know, and, and cause some sort of disruption in, in that the offensive backfield. But it just hasn't happened. And, and in critical situations where you need to get off the football field, and, and again, you don't want to be to the point where offensively the, the other team knows what you're doing. They, they don't want to know, you know, when you're going to blitz. So I understand that part. But you got to mix in some pressure here. And, and and you did it for the run defense. I mean, when the runner was getting gushed, you, I saw you brought up 
Jaquan Brisker in, in the box, and he became a little bit more there involved in, in that run defense. There was a there was a play where Brisker came in and got a sack. That looked like it might have been a, a delayed blitz or whatnot from the coverage, you know, from the defensive backfield, which is fine. You got to mix it up and you got to do something here, but you got to generate pressure until you get this fixed long term, hopefully in the offseason. So, or else you're going to get gashed, especially mm-hmm. with, with a team that's got offensive firepower like Dallas, like, you know, Buffalo coming up, like Philadelphia coming up. I mean, Dallas, you know, could have easily put up 50, 50 plus points today if they wanted to. But they, like I said, they, they call off the dogs there at the end and, and had mercy on the Bears. But, you know, like I said, in the first half, I couldn't believe I tweeted out, John. I said, the Bears are being kept in this game by their offense. Yeah. I never thought I, I would ever tweet that out this, this season. And, and that's what they did. You know, the Bears offensively were, were kept in the game by fields and the, and the rest of the offense of, you know, the line again in terms of their, their running uh, the rushing attack, but defensively, they just could not get any stops other than the, like I said, Eddie Jackson interception and that play by, uh, by uh, uh, 33, the corner, you know, they, they couldn't, they couldn't get him off the field and that was it. And that uh, we, we've talked about what the bears should target, uh, you know, in the first round of the draft coming up. And uh, I've been hesitant whenever I, I'm, I talked to Aldo and a couple other people and they said, we they, they, the bears need that three technique, the defensive lineman. And that's what they should, that's what they should get after. And the first round of the NFL draft. And I'm, I'm more along the line of the mind of thinking O-line wide receiver, but to, to what you're saying, uh, that is just a gaping hole in this defense right now. How much would you be okay if that's what that's what they address first? That, that's the- my number one need, John. That is yeah. my number one need. It, whether they get it for the draft or they get it for via free agency, go out and get yourself a three technique, a, a guy in the middle of the defensive line that can create havoc. I think you can kick Justin Jones maybe to to the one technique, or even keep Andrew Blackson or, or keep Armand Watts. That's fine, but you need a, a ball buster there at the three technique. That's what makes this defense run. And then unless you get pressure in the face of that quarterback, it's not going to get any better. And then you know, some we we're on Bear Truth to Aldo and I earlier this week, and there are people coming in defending Travis Gibson. Listen, I was a Gibson fan. I'm a Gibson fan, but he hasn't been playing well this season. This is a season I expected him to kind of step up and 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 take that next step. And he only had two, you know, he's got the two sacks versus uh, Green Bay. And that was it in terms of pressure. He, today he had a, he had a, you know, he had a forced, you know, uh, where he forced uh, Prescott into an incompletion. That was, that was good, you know, but run defense has really been disappointing. The last couple of weeks, he's kind of, kind of gotten back on the track. But today, again, just out of position, not maintaining his gap, you know, responsibility, kind of maybe trying to do a bit too much there, maybe feeling a little bit extra pressure. I'm not sure, but he just, with this defense, as we've discussed before, it is sound assignment based. You know, you got to keep within your gaps. You got to keep do your job. Don't try and do too much. Don't try and overcompensate for what the guy next to you or the guy behind you isn't able to do. Just do your job. And then next thing you know, everything else is going to fall in line. And today they were just all out of sync, all out of place. I mean, there I see more bears tackling bears. Than I seen bears tackling Cowboys. Yeah, things were they did look like they were out of position quite a few times throughout that game. Now, let's switch side of the ball, though, because I think that. If I'm just gauging the temperature of reactions on social media, which is never the greatest gauge, but if you're right. just looking at if you're just looking at that, it seems like this the fact that the, the offense was able to keep them in, the offense was making plays, makes this the fact that they gave up almost 50 points not sting as bad because they were taking baby steps on the offensive side of the ball because yeah. Justin Fields looked good and they they were moving the ball a little bit on offense. So it's not hellfire and brimstone necessarily because you you the people that you want to see step up stepped up is uh, specifically justin Fields. so uh do you think that this loss i mean is is crappy as it feels and to watch your team give up almost 50 points is there a different feeling around that just because the offense actually played well 
Yeah, once I started calming down, because uh, well, you know, the defense had me fuming and my head, my blood pressure was up and my I was all red and I'm already a little bit red, but but it just once I got started calm down, I'm like, all right, guys, you know, well, Danny, Danny, this is all right. This is what you're you've been saying. Wins and losses don't don't mean that much this year. Yeah, it'd be great to get a win, but it's it's the progression of the offense and namely Justin Fields. And again, I think the numbers aren't aren't, aren't you know eye popping. He was what 17 for 20, 351 yards, but again, he rushed for another 60 yards. Mm-hmm. He was responsible for three touchdowns all by himself through pass, two passing and one rushing. And, and he, and we have an identity on offense and it's obviously we were a run first team and we built everything off of that run game and that play action. And now you've added the added dimension of, of using fields as another weapon. And you saw that kind of not as much today as you saw it against new England. And, but you saw it again as a weapon and you saw him making plays out there again, first half, possibly even for the entire game, he was the best player on offense yeah. for them. The most explosive, the guy that, that the defenders were always looking at in terms of who had the ball. I mean, they were able to that twice they ran a shotgun or a wildcat, a wildcat play where you had Montgomery in the, as long as a quarterback right. faking the handoff to Justin Fields. And yet the defense kind of flowing with fields, right? So that's how it tells you how the defensive player's mentality is, is, is always keep your eye on the number on number one. So there's different ways you can now form it. And I think uh, Luke Getzey, just kind of going through, going from week one to week to week eight now, uh, John, breaking down the, the film, it's just you see the offensive schematic creativity, which is what I love seeing. And, and you know, we just there are opportunities there. I mean, Fields is making plays down the football field with the same crappy receiving crap crew or core that we were kind of, you know, laughing about or, or complaining about early in the season. Yeah, Mooney's getting better, more, more targets. Now we see a guy that can kill Harry. You know, he had, he had one, I think one reception was for a touchdown, but again, he gave us that big body that I, you and I've been talking about. Just a guy, even though he's not going to create separation, throw the ball on him and let him go up and use his catch radius, his physicality and make a play. And then, you know, there we go. We had a touchdown there to, to him today. So Cole Komet got a touchdown today. First one since, I don't know, a couple of years ago. So, yeah. you know, we're seeing this offense grow. Now the, the, the turnover, the almost fumble by Herbert, uh, the fumble by, Montgomery, then we'll leave that, that leads to what I thought was a, the backbreaker in this game was when Parsons wasn't touched. And that's something that Fields has to know. I mean, I'm, I'm sure he's going to say, I thought he was tackled. He tripped and fell and he was down, but you can't assume anymore. And, and I'm tired yeah. of seeing Bears players defensively or offensively not touch these players down when they're down. Just touch the damn player down. You don't have to hit them. You don't have to jump on them. I know Fields did a great job of jump, leaping over them and avoiding them. <laughs> I was athletic, yeah. Yeah, but you, just tap them down. Even if, even if you think. The player is already tackled. He's down. It doesn't hurt just to touch you. Put your fingers on him just to make sure, you know, gentle tap. Hey, he's down, you know. But that was, to me, it was a backbreaker because once they went up by, you know, 20-some points again in that second half, I mean, that, that it was done. It was over. Yeah, and uh, to your point, Justin Fields did spread it around quite a bit uh, today. Mooney, 5 for 70. Nikhil Harry, 2 for 24. David Montgomery, 3 for 22. Dante Pettis, 4 for 18. Cole Komet had 2 for 11 in the touchdown. Uh, Then uh, St. Brown and uh, Bayless Jones also got in on the action with a couple of receptions there. So uh, to your point, and I think this is what we kind of were hoping was going to happen, was you got a first-time play caller, a first-time offensive coordinator with with a young quarterback, you're trying to figure out what they do well, what they can, and then you you have the scheme evolve. It's not just what it is in week one is what it's going to be in week seventeen. It's yep. but it, it's it's a it's a not it's not exactly just a linear thing where you see what you 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 pick and choose. You say we're going to add this in, we're going to take this out, then you start molding something around your young quarterback. So 
we're seeing that now with the design runs, which I think is an incredible attribute that they that they have not that they unlock, but they're finally utilizing here. Uh, and I think that that calms fields down within the flow of the game where he can just take off and run, get some momentum there, and then he's able to refocus and he's he can make some nice passes. So uh, I think that um, what you're seeing is an offense finally getting a little bit of traction, despite the fact that there's deficiencies in talent the, the, in the offensive line, the wide receiving core. There's, there's obviously some gaps there, but they're finally getting some of that potential. They're squeezing some of that potential out. Um, any concern with the amount, if they can, because I, I, I go back and forth on this because I, I want, I want the kid to run. You don't have four, four speed and just don't use it. That's, that's wasting it. Uh, but also I think, and I, I, I try, I said this last week, I'm more concerned about him taking sacks than I am with him running the mm-hmm. ball because whenever you get hit, on a sack, you're not exactly expecting it. You're not bracing yourself. You're not giving yourself a chance to slide. You're just taking the hit. Uh, and when you're running, you can kind of get out of bounds. You can slide. You can yep. you can brace for contact. Uh, any concerns about uh, Fields' physical well-being uh, going forward? That, that's the thing. That's a key point there, John, is, is I don't mind the running as long as he gets down or he goes out of bounds before he gets any contact. Like you said, he's getting more punishment in the pocket trying to deliver throws than he would so far than he did today in terms of his runs, right? You know, get the first down, get out of bounds, or slide. Don't try and, you know, run through a linebacker or run through a safety and, and all that stuff. Just just get down. That's all, that's all. As long as that happens, and that's what he did today, I'm okay with that. Now, running him 12, 14 times a game, you're asking for trouble, right? That's something that, that the Buffalo does with Josh Allen, and that's something that I – but he always – and Josh Allen looks for contact. He looks to take on players. Like, yeah. I don't want that for Fields. I, I know he's 6'3", 225, but you know what? Get your first down, get out of bounds, and that's a huge play, especially when a lot of these teams that you're going to face right now that, that that are a heavy man coverage team. You know, their DBs are downfield, back turned to the quarterback most of the time. You know, you're going to gain about 8, 10, 12 yards, as Fields has been doing, and then before they even realized, you know, he's running with the football. So that's a, that's a weapon. Keep that weapon. And I think what, what we were trying to hit on earlier, John, is this, is this offense is building identity. It's an mm-hmm. identity based off of that run. Someone th- th- I talked about preseason was this is going to be a run-heavy offense initially. Then you build your passing game off the play action, and now you take your shots downfield. You know, last two, three weeks, we're seeing more and more attempts downfield, whether it's to St. Brown today. We saw a shot to Vales Jones. Uh, that's another thing we got to talk about is, is Vales Jones. He looks explosive with the ball in his hand, but the problem is getting the ball in his hands in the Good air. Catches. You know, making those catches, you got to catch those damn balls, Vela. So it, it was, a, it was to his credit, it was a tough catch. Would have been a tough catch, but it's a NFL type receiver catch yeah. that you should be able to make. So that's something he's got. He's got to work. I mean, maybe he can borrow Darnell Mooney's uh, drug machine and put it in his li- living room and kind of work on his hands there. But anyway, that's neither here or there. But the thing is, you've got an identity now. It's a run-based offense. Now you're going to build all the other play-action stuff, all the other jet sweep stuff off of that run because now you have teams looking to. You know, for the run, when we broke down the tape against New England, the first step, first two steps linebackers were doing was on, on, on not even a great play action, just like a just a you know token play action, you know, handoff there, two steps downhill. They're coming downhill because they know they want to stop the run. Fields pulls the ball back, and now he's got all this green grass that the receivers can kind of sneak in between that second and third level. And that's where a lot of these plays are coming from. Now you add the vertical game now, the vertical threat, whether it's Again, Pringles coming back hopefully in a week within a week or two. You know, you got again St. Brown, Mooney, and all that stuff. You know, you saw today Mooney create some big time separation off of uh, Trayvon Diggs there. So you know that that run game is going to help create 
big plays in the passing offense, something that I've been saying all year, something that we're, we're slowly but surely starting to see the fruits of that labor here coming coming here you know, this week, last week, and probably you know going further on in the future. Yeah, and uh, you're looking at – I think what this game shows is that the – very slim margin for error that the bears have yeah. because they were scrappy there there the, a lot of the games they're going to play they're going to have a talent deficiency they're going to be they're, they're going to be on the other end of not having as much talent as the people they're playing on the field however uh they're able to scheme things they're able, we see that they can get back into the games we can see that they are able to make adjustments we uh, looking at the year as a whole so far mm -hmm. uh but you can scra uh, scrape and claw and get yourself within five points, but you know the second you fumble or you, there's a turnover yes. or there's a bad, there you know a couple bad def uh, defensive possessions, and then the wheels fall off. So that shows you what the actual margin for error is on this team for this year. Uh, we'll right. see how right. they, they restock, uh, you know, next year. But when you're playing a team like the Cowboys, you can't afford to have too many hiccups uh, no. because because of the talent on the other side of the ball. So. Um, I once again, it's weird because it was a terrible, terrible defensive performance and a damn near embarrassing defensive performance. And yet I'm not as going through the roof as I normally am because I saw a lot of progression in the offense, which I think is the biggest thing to come out of this year is if you come out of, if you come out of week 17, you say, okay, guys, we got an offense, we got a quarterback, we got a system, we got a play caller. And but but at the same time, I don't want to go back to the Tressman days where you're giving up, you know, 42 points, 49 points, 50 some points. And, you know, teams right. are taking their starters out at halftime either. So I'm trying not to be I'm trying not I'm almost like trying to make myself be a little more angry than I am about this because it's still not good to have uh, it's still not good to give that many points up. But uh, to be able to take those steps um uh, is is very promising if, if you're watching as a fan. And now you talked about uh, Justin Fields' progression uh, on Bear Truth, and you're talking about uh, all the different things that have happened so far throughout the season in the new system. How he is going through his mechanics, and he's going through the going through the flow. What did you see? What did what? Just because we're about halfway through the season now, mm -hmm. what is a big difference now than what you saw maybe week one? Big difference now, uh, the last couple of weeks, is he's a little more comfortable in the pocket. He's a little more calmer in the pocket. His feet aren't happy feet. He's back there with a game plan. Uh, you know, we, we broke down tape last week or this that past Thursday of him going through a progression, going one, two, bam, three, hit the ball. I uh, saw some today, you know, as well. I haven't taken, obviously, taken a look at the whole 2022 20, yet. But, again, you see him back there. You see him going through a progression and seeing a one, two, all right, nothing here, bam, taking off the football. Or, or today we even saw he kind of scrambled. And, and then kind of looked, kept his eyes downfield and, and kind of, you know, pretend like he was going to run and then just threw the ball, got it, you know, and then vice versa. He came back, pretend he was going to throw the ball. Defender kind of stopped, jumped, and he kept, held the ball and, and continued on upfield. So I think he's, he's getting more comfortable now and he, he understands. And guys, remember, they gave up four sacks today, but they did it with three starting offensive linemen not playing today. So three of their backups were playing today often. And I think offensive line-wise, I think they held up pretty well, if you would consider Dallas came in as, as one of the, I think, the best pass rushing defense in, in the NFL. So uh, gave up four sacks, and a couple of those were, I think, were just bust because you saw one, I think, Demarcus Lawrence, another one where guys just came in scot-free at, at Justin Fields. He had no chance. So, you know, it, I, I think that's the thing. And, again, to touch your point on earlier, John, is, is when you're lacking talent, you you're schematically have to get your guys, whatever talent they have, put them in a position to best succeed. And I think so far, these last two, three weeks, we've been seeing Getsy do a great job of getting these guys open, scheming them open, 
and feel just hitting it, you know, knowing what to do, hitting it. Today we saw a lot more quick hitters. You know, a couple more times you saw Fields with a sidearm throw, getting the ball out to the to the receiver on the on the slip screen or on the flat, avoiding the defensive uh oncoming defensive safety or, or, or edge rusher. Uh, you know, those are things, plays you're going to do it. We saw an, a couple of Vales Jones jet sweeps. Again, the kid with the ball in his hands, Vales Jones, explosive as heck. You can see the potential from him to score anytime he touches the ball. We just got to get him more involved now, get a little more confident in terms of catching the ball and, and making plays down football field. So I think offensively, you can, you can, there's a glimmer of hope there, right? Or, or before, or like, oh my God, this is just doom and gloom. I just hope Justin stays healthy, you know. But now you see a little glimmer of hope, and I, and then I, I expect more and more of it to come up here and and see them get even more and more creative as some like maybe Pringle comes back, maybe Vales Jones gets a little more custom or, or acclimated to the offense and gets better in terms of being able to produce with with catches downfield. You know, obviously Mooney's going to be Mooney, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Montgomery and Herbert, those are your, your one two guys in the backfield. You know, just kind of get a little more creative and and add, add more you know players here and there. And again, this this is all happening with the same offensive group in terms of receivers that we were, you know, crying about early in the year, and we were trading second and third round picks for for other other teams, you know, first round busts, right? You, you know, it's, so that's why I think I give credit to Ryan Poles and, and company for staying the course and just continuing to believe in what they're they're doing here. And you know, guys like Pettis and guys like Mooney and guys like you know, and Keel Harry, you know, these guys are you know are are, are making plays downfield because they're putting in position, being put in position by the coaching staff to make plays on field. And now quarterback is getting comfortable. Quarterback is showing his athletic ability and his explosiveness. Now everything's coming together. Now you, you can score 29 points today. Typically when a bear score 29 points, that's yeah. a victory for you. right. But the defense gave up 49 points. So <laughs> is this an anomaly? Are defensive coaches going to go back in there and, and make changes on defense? And hopefully this doesn't happen again. I don't know. Next time you face a, a big powered offense, like, uh, Miami's Miami's kind of slowed down after the, after the next start next week, after their hot start, you know, they're playing them next week. We'll see how that goes. But, like a team like Philadelphia, a team like Buffalo coming up on a schedule, Minnesota later on, on in, in the season. You know, yeah. can you stop these teams from scoring on you? If you can, you have an offense now that will, you know is competitive, will keep you in games, and hopefully you can pull some of these games off later on in the season. Yeah, I want to you, you you touched briefly on the offensive line. And I, I do want to talk about that. I want to start with a user question here from Matthew. Danny, how do you feel about uh, the vets, Reef and Schofield, how how they played today, and then the offensive line as a whole? Given there's some uh, you know there's some injuries there. Tevin Jenkins looked sh- uh, sh- uh, shook up a little bit there. Uh, what what's your overall analysis of of the O line? So far, Schofield, this is two weeks in a row where I haven't heard his name. If I don't, if you don't hear an offensive lineman's name, that means that they're doing a pretty, pretty solid job. So I think Schofield's doing a solid job of left guard. I think, I think Rife, uh, Riley Reef at, at, at right tackle, uh, to be honest with you, was a was a, a relief for me when I when I knew that he was playing today instead of Larry Borum because uh, while Reef might not be the player he used to be, he's still a veteran who's played right tackle. That's a more natural position for him. And I think he's a guy that that's it's going to be a little bit more of an upgrade now. I'm not saying he doesn't need help occasionally against these, these better pass rushers. And you saw today the Bears were chipping. Thank you, Lugetzi. He was chipping with the running backs. He was chipping with tight ends and helping both tackles out, both Braxton Jones and Riley Reef. So I like Riley Reef at right tackle. Uh, Larry Borum, to me, has really struggled this year, surprisingly. Uh, you know, he's, he's got some 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 games where he just looks good. There's all the games where he looks just look, looks lost. So, uh, But, yeah, Reef there. And uh, to me, guys, and I t- tweeted earlier, Tevin Jenkins is getting better and better at right guard. And I think this is the spot that that Neil and I, when we scouted him, we said this is where he belongs on the right side, whether it's guard or tackle, not a left tackle where he was originally drafted for. So I think you leave him a right guard. He's developing into a nice right guard, especially on that on that on that run offense. He's a guy that that can maul guys at the line of scrimmage. 
I love his his tenacity on double double chip blocks where he chips at the line of scrimmage and then elevates to the next level and takes out the second level linebacker and actually just just buries him, not even take him out, but but buries him into the ground. So I think leave him there, right guard. He still has some technique problems, some some issues at, at, as pass protector. Today you saw there was a, um, I believe it was, a, it was it was either a, a hurry or a, or a sack on Fields where it looked like he was passing the guy off to Mustafer. Mustafer was helping the left guard, and I, I just I, I think I don't know if there was a mix up there or maybe Jenkins just didn't move his feet in time, and, and the guy just got right by him and into Justin Fields' face. I think that was the one where. Uh, feels actually through the interception, but it was called back because it was a roughing the passer. The guy hit him in the face with the uh, with the face mask. Mm-hmm. So, so you know that's something that he's gonna have to fix up. But man, as as a run blocker, you just keep an eye on, on Tevin Jenkins down in and down out. You know, eye on him when he when it, when there's a, when there's a play called. You see him just coming off the football. You see him moving guys at the line of scrimmage. You see him just kind of burying guys at the second level. So keep him there, right guard. He's developing nicely, in my opinion. And like I said, I, I like the veteran presence of, of Reef at, at right tackle. And Schofield so far has looked good at, at left guard. So, um, you know, I, I think this offense line can only get better once you get Whitehair back at left guard. You can put Schofield then back at the bench. Um, and then hopefully once uh, Lucas Patrick comes back, that's a forward injury probably. So we'll see when he comes back and he can solidify center. But Mustafer today didn't look too bad in terms of getting, you know, anything that stuck out to me. I don't know if you guys caught anything that I might have missed in terms of, you know, his, his couple of whiffs there. But uh you know, like I said, this is with three offensive line starters uh, not playing today. The Bears were still able to do a solid job in the pass pro. Let's go to Matty Reflusis at the podium. You know, in our offense, I think performed pretty well. You know, the entire day. You know, they had a couple, couple, uh, you know, three and outs, but uh, for the most part, drove the ball, did a nice job in situations. Um, you know, obviously we cut that lead, you know, down to 11 points. You know, with the with the Eddie interception at the very end to kick the field goal. You know, so that was that was really good. And we told the guys at halftime, this is the game. This is the game, and, and it's 11 points, and uh, we can certainly dig ourselves out of this. And the guys did a nice job. You know, we traded punts uh, to start the second half, and then going into the uh, our offense, drove the ball down there to make it a game. And then, you know, then we had that sequence that was like, a you know, five minutes or so to let go in the, the third quarter where it was, you know, they, they uh, got us to jump off sides, had the big chunk play. Had a couple of nice plays, and they scored on us on, in the third quarter. And then the very next series on offense, they got the fumble for a touchdown. And we got to do a better job touching them down there um, in that situation. And then from there, we were just battling to stay in it. So it was, uh, it was again, again, the guys were always had their eyes forward. Um, you know, I thought on offense, you know, a lot, of, a lot of good positive things. I think that was the best passer rating that Justin's had at 120. You know, um, really did a nice job. He was 17 of 23, had two touchdowns. Uh, rushing offense is still doing a really good job, uh, which it has all year. You know, fourth time we've had 230 yards this season. You know, third straight game of 200 yards rushing. You know, Herbert was at 6.2. Justin was at 7.5. He's using his legs really good. So, you know, and to me it was just a, a matter of us, you know, having our opportunity to really in the third quarter there to, to come back um, to make that run, to make it a game in the third quarter. It was unfortunate that we had those turn of events and about five minutes to go in the third quarter. So, um, over, I will open up questions from there. You mentioned the, the fumble return touchdown. How do you coach Justin immediately after that and knowing the details that you stress, how, how disappointing? Yeah, just touch him down. We've showed multiple times uh, during the course of our situations, Tate, that we show every Friday um, that you got to touch guys down, you know, and it's whoever right there in the scrum. When you see that, you got to touch him down. We know that that's part of pro football, and we just got to do a better job there. Back, how big of a swing was that that stretch right there? It was big, yeah. It was big. I mean, we just we go score. We didn't get the two point conversion. We can make it to a five point game. 
And then the defense, you know, jumps off sides. They get a big chunk down the middle. Um, you know, first down on a couple of boots and a toss, you know, and then we didn't do a very good job uh, really all day on run defense. You know, we we didn't do a good job of, of, of staying in our gaps, playing our responsibilities. And I told the players after the game, guys, we're going to look at the tape. We're going to see it. You're going to see it. There's no mystery here. It's about good fundamentals, technique. And you got to do that down in and down out to play to play good defense. And I'm playing like, does the, does the sideline play any kind of role in that as far as knowing that he's not down? And letting you know, yeah, I just said that on the radio. I just said that on the radio. Hey, we could have done a good job maybe on the sideline. Hey, touch him down, you know. And but uh, you know, but it's during the game, and sure, certainly we could have done a better job. On the two-point conversion play, what uh, on the two-point conversion, Lawrence comes untouched. Is it a read option? Should yeah. you handed it off? Is that the? Yeah, that's exactly what it was. That's exactly what it was. It should be a handoff. It should be a give, and he read it the other way, and and then just got to throw it then. That point. Takes a hit like that. Does yeah. your, I mean, does your heart skip a beat a little bit? Um, yeah, I mean, whenever your quarterback takes a hit like that, you know, D Law is a powerful guy. You know, I was with him when he was here, and uh, certainly, you know, you want to make sure that your guy's not in harm's way. Uh, but we just got to make a good decision there. Without without seeing the video, you guys had that third and short opportunity to get off the field, and then Pollard breaks it for the fifty-four yard yeah. touchdown out there. Yeah. Any any idea of, of how that got out the gates for as much? Yeah. As so we we had a pressure on there. Um, for that particular one, and the guys that are away from the pressure got to hammer the ball, so they got to hammer it back to the pressure, and the ball kept getting outside. And I think it might have been—I don't know who who exactly what numbers, but it was at least two guys that let the ball outside their arm, and uh, that's just keeping the cup. You know that that thing's designed to hammer it back to the pressure, and Pollard did a nice job. I mean, that's a power bounce play that they have. They've ran it before, um, and uh, he did a nice job bouncing it. Defensively, Matt, do you look at this and see issues with discipline and preparation, or do you see issues where this roster, just talent-wise, isn't ready to compete with good offense? Yeah, I mean, we're going to go, like I said, we're going to go back and look at the tape. It's going to be fundamentals. It's going to be the coach and the players. We have to be able to execute better uh, together as a group um, uh, in these instances. We're going to play teams that have good rosters. And that that's part of football. And if you want to be good, guess what? You got to play and compete against those guys. So um, we just got to execute better. How do you look at it realistically as far as you guys are? You guys just had a teardown, especially defensively. You've sent a lot of people out in the offseason. This roster might not be ready to compete with those rosters. Uh, I don't believe that. I don't believe that. I, I believe that it comes down to guys doing their job, coaches uh, getting them to do it the right way together, and us playing the way we're supposed to play. That's what I believe. What's your mindset at the end of the game? You obviously were taking some timeouts, trying to get the ball back, yeah. and you got the, the ball back and went to your backup quarterback and some other back. Yeah, so we just wanted to get a couple of linemen in there um, to get some work, and we wanted to get Trevor some work, you know, and that was really the gist of it. You know, I know that we were it was a 20-point game, I, I believe, at that point, you know, with uh, only five minutes to go or so, and we were going to bang our timeouts. We planned on putting T in there just to get him a couple reps. And we knew the game was over. You know, we we're going to punt it. We were out of timeouts, and all they could do was kneel. But uh, just to get those few reps for those guys. Yeah, coming off the high of Monday night to the trade of Quinn to this result, what can a young team learn from all this? Just to look at every performance as it stands alone by itself. You know, so when you ride the wave, you know, of momentum like this, you know, you you know that can it can be a tricky thing, you know, for a young football team. So you have to look at every performance for what it is, you know. So last Monday was a performance for what it is, and then your preparation has got to be the same. It's got to be the same. And I, I'll tell you this, I thought we had a good week of practice leading into this, and I told the players that last night. And, uh, 
you know, but the performance wasn't as well as we thought it was, you know, and, and again, my hat's off to the Cowboys. They did a nice job game planning and, and, and executing and all that, but uh, just one, th one performance at a time. Your offense to score 33 and 29 on the road no it's good it's positive you know it's a positive thing for the guys you know i think that the guys are starting to really gel um you can see that now we've implemented some things you know that uh are really enhancing the skill levels of our players um i think it's starting to open up some things for us and uh it's it's a positive for sure talked for a couple weeks about how you have a good second half defense and you've been stressing start fast start fast start fast do you have a sense for why it's not sticking yeah i mean it comes down to execution i mean you're going to look at the tape and we're just going to have to do a better job um you got to come out yeah execute on first and second down get your third down favorables and then execute on third down that's what it comes down to that's just basic ball it's going to be that way for a long time so we just got to do a better job at the, the fowler sack that set up the down a distance that led to the montgomery fumble i know you haven't seen the film or whatever was yeah. that just a, it seemed like he came fairly clean was that just a miscommunication or they just you know, uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to look at that play. I'm gonna have to look at that play. So to see the details of that. At the last offensive play of the first half, you guys went with a shovel pass. Can you uh, talk us through just kind of the thought process there, rather than taking a shot into the end zone there? Yes, we we like that play. We like the play. We know they're gonna be softer there, and we just we wanted to work on that that shovel, and uh, that was that was gonna be a good play for us. So it just broke down for whatever reason. I gotta look at the play, but uh, we like that play. You think Justin's taking a step forward and how he uses his legs, not just obviously with the design runs and things like that, but right. the way he's more deliberate in his running. Do you see that progression? Yeah, I do. I do. I, he's he's uh, he's good uh, and he's got good instincts that way. You know, so he knows situational football uh, when he has to get the prescribed down a distance. But uh, I think he's growing that way for sure. Your offense is more complete now than it was a couple weeks ago, and if so, how much further does it need to go to be where you want it? I just think it's growing. I just think it's growing. It's growing. Uh, you can see it growing, and we can see that, you know, in practice the last three or four weeks, and then we can certainly see that in the last couple games. And, uh, you know, the guys there, we're going to look at the tape. You know, they got things to work on, too, on offense. You know, in kicking game, we got to work on things, and we got to work on stuff on defense. So it's uh, get back to work. And as someone with defensive expertise in your career and very high standards, how do you process this game, giving up 49 points? Yeah, I mean, it's just, you know, it's, it's you know, whatever it is, 42 points, you know, because of the return. But, uh, yeah, that's that's unacceptable. Um, you know, so we're going to have to look at ourselves with a critical eye and make sure that we're doing the right things, um, you know, down in and down out, you know, and then uh, practicing those things during the week and, uh, and to get better. But it's it's not good enough. How do you address it with the players? When, uh, how do you address it with your players when I imagine you'll just be making red X's on every single play? Yeah, just you just got to look at every play for it, one play at a time and look at it, and then say, okay, hey, this is this was the, this was good, this was the breakdown, this is how we improve. That's it. That's what you got to do. So an extension of that, what's most what's most bothersome to you about the defensive performance today as you leave here? Um, I would just say being able to get guys, get them in third and longers, you know. So the first and second down defense has got to be better uh, to get us into the third down situations that we like. So thank you, thanks, man. Head coach Matt Eberflus taking questions after the game. Uh, obviously, the big, <laughs> most of the questions aimed at the defensive performance, given uh, Eberflus's defensive background. Um, what did you learn anything out of that, Danny? 
No, he just he just kind of kind of reiterated what I was saying earlier was was this is a defense, and I've studied this defense going back to Lovey Smith days, and 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 it has a player for each gap, right? So if if you do your assignment, if you do your job. I sound like Bill Belichick a little bit. Do your job here. Uh, but it's you know, just like, you know, if, if you're stop, if you sound assignment, you know, technique wise and, and, and you maintain your gap and you maintain your, your, your stance or, or your position on, on the football field, you, there's a, there's an answer for every single one of these gaps. You should be able to stop the run. These guys were either a freelancing, trying to do a little bit, bit too much. I don't know if the, the young guys, you know, the Robinsons and the Gibsons and the Muhammad's were trying to you know, make up for Quinn, you know, you know, having he being gone and all that stuff, but you know, they're just looks like they're just a little bit too anxious. They're easily being, you know, either, you know, blocked inside, pinned inside, or even just blown off the football. And then we just see that there was just gap, gaping, gashing holes for, for Pollard. The, the, the tackling wasn't great either. Some shoddy, you know, tackling attempts as well. We talked about, you know, there was even, even Roquan Smith. This is one game that, that I'm going to be critical on him because, you know, I mean, oh, we saw him make some sideline, sideline plays, but there was that one play I, I just highlighted earlier when the Pollard, the last what touched on Pollard was, he came downhill. He was in that. He was in the clear, and he kind of slowed down for whatever reason, allowed Pollard to kind of get, get outside of him, and then a player cuts his feet off underneath him, and next thing, you know, Pollard goes around the edge and goes down the field. So, you know, this is a, a sound-based defense. They're going to go back and they're going to preach the fundamentals. They're going to preach technique. They're going to, you know, preach staying, you know, staying disciplined to your assignments, and that's something that hopefully will will get better because you know we saw them getting gashed earlier in the year. They came back two, three weeks later, and they kind of kind of fortified that a little bit. Um, and then, you know, eventually, you know, that this, this, now this, this could be an anomaly. Hopefully, you know, it's, it's all it is, but it is very frustrating when you're, when you are unable to make the opposite team punt the football and they can do whatever they want at will. And we saw even that Eddie Jackson interception, that was Dallas saying, you know what, we got 40 seconds and two timeouts. We're going to move this ball right down back on you. And luckily Jackson made a great play on that ball, jumped that route, made an interception, um, you know, and then the Bears got points right before the halftime as well there. So, you know, it's it's like once you get this defense sound and, and it doesn't have to be great because we know the talent is not there. Right. We know the talent's going to get better over the next couple of seasons. So you, you just got to be sound. You, you got to keep yourself in the football game. And if they do that, if they they give up 17, 18, 20 points, you have an offense now, guys, that can score like, like a report. I think that might have been our, our, our friend there, um, uh, Miss Cronin there pointing out that they they scored 33 and 29 points there respectively on the road back to back games you know so this is something that that you can build on and this is something you, you're going to continue to build on you know if you can continue to put that much you know points up on the board and your defense can be solid and sound and not give up the huge plays you know which is what it's built on you know you're going to be competitive you're going to be in every single one of these ball games and you're going to have chances to pull games out at the end now you have a budding in my opinion, star at quarterback where, you know, he can make plays with his legs. He can make plays with his arms. Once he gets more comfortable, he's only scratching the surface in terms of what he can do in this offense. Once everything's put together and now you add more talent on offense, I mean, you're, you're talking about a, about a team that's going to, that's on its way there. And I think those sentiments were echoed. I don't know if you are listening to the game there, John, or, or if our fans were listening, but, but Daryl Johnston said, you know, he's seen, this is the third game he's done with the bears. He did the 49ers game. He did the, the giants game. He's done this game. In all these games, he's seeing the the continued the continued blossoming, if you will, of Justin Fields. The continued uh, the the offensive scheme just kind of growing more and more in terms of volume, in terms of creativity, in terms of putting like we talked earlier, putting players in position to to make plays by Lugetsi. And I think that's just going to continue as we get some more players on this offense and, and get some more players healthy this year too. So, 
Well, I think a big thing that I take out of that press conference is there weren't a bunch of questions that were putting up about Justin Fields, whether he's progressing or whether he needs to do more. There weren't just a barrage of questions simply about Justin Fields, and that's a good sign because that means he's playing well and you're not leaving up all the narratives of, is this the guy? Can he handle it? Is he doing it? I think what you're seeing is a guy that's trying to push that, is finally pushing that narrative at least to the side until, you know, he makes an interception and everybody goes insane over it. But uh, I think that um, what you're seeing is we're, we're, we're able to, you know, complain about the defense today. And that's almost comforting because we're not complaining about the, the quarterback position, which is, which is what usually is the topic of discussion here. Um, so right, the question is usually like, is this a breakthrough game for Justin? Is he take a step back? It's, it's not that anymore. Now it's like, all right, what happened to your defense? How are you going to fix it? This being, you being a defensive minded guy, how, how do you feel about that? And, and that's something, like I said, if they can just get them to give up 20 points or less, I think this with this offense, way it's coming now, I, I'm, I'm, I'm very confident they're going to be, they're going to win much more, many more games than many of these experts, so-called experts pick them to win. Uh, do you think they retire the orange jerseys after this, Danny? I please do. I'm done with those orange jerseys as well. I'm, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of them. Uh, and I like the old throwbacks. I think they, I think they were, I forgot which year those are from the ones they wore against Houston. Those are, those are mm-hmm. sweet throwbacks, but, uh, yeah, let's, let's get rid of the orange jerseys. Um, uh, and then, you know, that now, you know, if you want to look for, I know we'll probably do it later on the show, but with Miami coming up, you know, you have Tua, who's also mainly a pocket quarterback. Yeah. He's got some mobility, but he's mainly a pocket quarterback. He, he's a shorter pocket quarterback. So all you gotta do is just kind of collapse a pocket if you can on him. Then you're going to be able to generate more, you know, some more pressure, some more, hopefully some plays from your defensive secondary. Who, let's face it, today had a pretty, pretty rough game. You know, Kendall Vildor was being picked on. Uh, a couple of times, Cal Gordon got, got turned around. But I mean, I think, you know, it, it all starts up front for me. And if you, uh, front, I don't care how great of a cornerback you have playing back there. But if your front four or your front seven isn't generating any sort of pressure, isn't scaring the quarterback, you're, you're, you're going to get burned as, as a defense secondary. So I think those... For the most part, I think the secondary was, has been good this whole year. I think now, uh, you know, today I think it was more of a, a lack of, you know, any sort of presence up front. I think that's what kind of contributed to them giving up those big, big chunk plays. You, you bring up Miami, and and that's interesting because they they have some big time vertical weapons, and so because yep. uh, I mean obviously Dallas has has plenty of weapons as well, but if you look at you look at the just pure raw speed that the Dolphins have with Tyreek Hill uh, and Jalen Waddle, and they can even stretch uh, with uh, Mike Kosicki at tight end. Um, what do you do? You, do you not anticipate them even bringing uh, bringing pressure because of the fear of getting burned in the in the secondary? Yep. Well, that's the thing. It's it's this defense. It's it's based off of that not giving up big plays, right? Allowing your your the opponent offense, opposite opposite offense, being more patient. And if you're a big play offense like Miami is, where you learn, you know, you're accusing chucking the ball downfield and making huge plays. You know, you, you're going to have that double coverage. You know, in terms of safety help over the top, so you can come hopefully limit the Tyreek Hills or or the Jalen Waddle from getting getting vertical on you. But what it does is then it, it's one or two or less players you can bring up to the box to help defend the run. So now you have more pressure on your front seven guys to be able to kind of box in that run game and, and hopefully slow down the run game of Miami. Um, and then and in terms of what Miami can kind of raise is now you have speed guys going instead of going vertical, they're going horizontal. And now you got to have the, the, the pressure of, all right, if you drop back in zone again, keeping everything in front of you, making sure nothing, nothing seals away or gets away from you. And then they break a, a bigger, big run. So that that's going to be the little camp mouse game that now the, you know, Eber Flewis and, and the defensive staff has to go back and, and kind of uh, look at what, how they're going to defend Miami. But yeah, you know, but, but Dallas had, Dallas had some, some physicality in terms of the running, the offensive line, the, the running game with Pollard, 
you have a good quarterback and you have a, a big time receiver in CD Lamb, who's, who's got some physicalness to him. So does Gallup, but not as much as CD Lamb. But with these guys, Miami coming in, I mean, they're just vertical speed play, you know, here and there. And they also run the same kind of system in terms of, you know, wide zone, stretch you out. And then the running backs did a good job of cutting back and, and finding that back back door and, and kind of getting getting up field there. So, you know, got to, again, be disciplined within, within your scheme, know your assignments. And, and, and if you're a linebacker or a second level player, come down as, as a run defender and fill aggressively and fill hard. You know, not, not like today where we saw Smith kind of tiptoeing around. A couple times Brisker came down and he was a little bit tiptoeing around as well. Uh, kind of took care of that in the second half where I saw a little bit more aggressiveness from, from Brisker. But, uh, you know, this is something where this is going to challenge you. This team's going to challenge you next with speed and, and like I said, vertical power. It's just uh, it's a matter of to see if you can contain that and, and, and be within, you know, within striking distance to go ahead and pull a victory off. Uh, before Matt Eberflus took the podium, we were talking about the offensive line, and I, I wanted to get your input on this or your thoughts on this. How many players or how many starters do you think on this line are actually going to be starters next year. Now I know what you can use. It's impossible to tell because of drafting and free agency and all that other stuff. But if you, if you say how many of these starters are you carrying over into 2023? Is it, is it, is it going to be white hair, Borum Jenkins, uh, Braxton Jones? Like who, who are you, who are you holding over as starters? And then who are you pushing and say, Hey, that's not bad to have as depth next year. If we have somebody uh, that can step in there. Well, when when you first posed the question, the first two guys that came up to my mind are, are Tevin Jenkins at right guard and Braxton Jones at left tackle. Those are the only two guys for me that would have positions on, on this team next year. Everything else is up for grabs, right? Cody Whitehair, we talked about his his salary. You know, you know, is he a guy that that can be, you know, his can you can you restructure? Do you want to bring him back at that base salary? Do you want to maybe try and trade him? Do you want to upgrade there? You know, he's a solid veteran. He's not gonna you know overpower you. He's not gonna kill you. And we'll get back to that. We'll hear Justin Fields. Yeah, we're going to have ups and downs in the game. Uh, you can't look at one. You just got to keep keep fighting, keep battling. Are there rules when there is a turnover? Can they tell you to get away or to, to not try to be a hero or anything like that? No. On the two-point conversion, was that, a, was that a read option that just should have gone up the middle? Or, or what was, what was Which one? We went for twice, two times. Uh, the one where Morris hit you. Uh, yeah, so cover zero. Um, we didn't expect them to in and out that uh, concept to the left, so that was my answer for cover zero to the left, and they in and outed it. Didn't expect them to do that, but knowing that they're running cover zero, just kind of throw the ball away at the back of the end zone. What do you think the progress is being made in this offense? Um, yeah, I mean, I think we're growing, you know, getting better each each and every week as an offense. I'm um, just proud of the, the guys, the way they fought. You know, we were down early, but, you know, they, they didn't waver. Um, you know, we, we kept the same mentality and just chipped away, and um, I thought as a whole we, we played well. So, yeah. Did you want one more shot at the end zone right before halftime? Uh, I mean, I'm just playing, playing each play. Uh, I don't even remember, to be honest with you. I just play each play out. I mean, I, I think it was a good good play. Uh, we just got to, you know, have better blocking up front. You felt like Luke was pretty deliberate in trying to get the deep ball game going, even though uh, there was a couple drops there. To keep going back to that, what, what was kind of the strategy you think behind that, just being able to try to spark this offense? I mean, yeah, if you want to have success in the NFL, you're always going to have to, you know, uh, be a threat to stretch the defense vertically. So, uh, you know, you have to take those shots downfield so they're, they're not all up in your grill. Um, so, I mean, just, you know, every successful offense uh, in this NFL, in the, in the league, you know, they're going to attack vertically. So, of course, we're going to keep doing that for sure. How do you balance the progress that you and the offense are making with the fact that you didn't get a win and setback for you guys here? Um, you know, I think just look at the positive things, of course, you know, watch the film and see where we need to grow and uh, keep getting better. But, you know, 
Uh, I think the offense today, uh, you know, played well. And, you know, of course, there's always room to grow, get better. But, you know, as a whole, we put up 29 points. I think that was the most uh, the most points I've this year. So, I mean, um, I'm just, you know, just, I'm just keep working, working get better, better every day practice. practice. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's a little beat up. Beat up. Um, you know, my, my legs, legs were, were kind of sore, sore and I, but uh, I couldn't, couldn't run, run like 100% today. But, but you know, you know hopefully, hopefully this will we'll we'll get me back, back right and I'll be, be able, able to go 100%. Yeah, that was just a real injury last week. It was just like a contusion on my hip. So I got sacked and fell out of my hip. Um, kind of just rebounded, so I just took some Advil and then tied back again. again. But, but yeah, like, like I said, just a little bit of bruises and stuff. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Um, you know, like, like I said, last week, bring things, you know, our offense and holding that element. So uh, definitely feel like I'm growing uh, as a runner and a passenger. What feels better to you individually while you're out there in the last couple of weeks? I think I'm just, you know, uh, getting more comfortable with the offense. Um, you know, I think our guys are too as a whole. Um, you know, I think we're growing. Um, and, you know, it's what, week nine coming up. So, um, you know, I think everybody's getting more and more comfortable as we, you know, game plan and put plays together. Uh, you know, Luke and, you know, our offensive coach has done a great job figuring out what we do, you know, good as an good as an offense, you know, what uh, each player does individually individually well. So, um, you know, we're you know, figuring that out. And, you know, I think that's, you know, credit to our success for sure. What's something specific that you're doing better? Um, I mean, just, you know, I'm just growing for real. I can't put my one thing on it, but just, you know, growing and getting better each and every week. How did that kind of come together? Yeah, I think they had 10 guys on the field on that play, but, um, you know, I mean, they had it looked like a cover zero cell, so I just checked the protection and uh, kept kept the same um, uh, route concepts up. And of course, you know, we had great protection. The killer ran a great route, um, and you know, just just put it on him and scored a touchdown. So yeah. Justin, can you talk us through the touchdown to Cole also? Yeah. So um, just play action. Um, you know, I think he bluffs the corner a little bit and then just runs to the corner. So corner slipped. Uh, Cole, you know, executed that play well. Um, great protection up front and. And it's just all all around well well executed play. What would it be about this offense if you could get some of these deep shots and be more consistent? Uh, just more explosive and of course more explosive, you know, help the offense. I feel like every week we're talking to you about the hits that you're taking. Um, are you, do you is there ever a concern that they're piling up to a point that you're gonna have to you know miss the only uh, hit that I was mad that I took today was the first run. Um, I think I should have just ran out of bounds initially, but uh, yeah, I mean football is football, you're gonna get hit, so just try to limit him for sure. Justin, as a team coming off the high of Monday, then the trade of Quinn and then the result today, how do you guys move past, uh, you know, kind of a difficult and emotional weekend, try to bounce back next week? Yeah, I mean, uh, it's what the league is, you know. Uh, you know, when you're, you know, as close as everyone was on the team to, you know, Robert, uh, of course, it's going to be a little bit emotional, but, you know, we still have business, business to take care of. And, you know, I think the guys responded well. I think we had a great week of practice and um you know i think you just got to give, give credit to their offense you know they played a great game and you know our defense didn't play as well as we wanted to so um you know i know they're gonna get back to work this upcoming week and uh put out a better performance next week for sure thank you what'd you think there sir uh, yeah, I mean, it's just obviously you could tell the, the 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 difference in terms of his demeanor with once after he wins and after he loses. Uh, 
couple times there, I just, I just, uh, just as a growth lesson for for Justin, and, and I know he's something he, he probably is going to fall into. And, and I don't know if anybody else caught on to this, but a couple times he threw a couple of teammates under the bus, like. You know, I think I think they're asking about one of the plays, and he said the offensive line has to, has to block better. You you don't you don't want to throw your offensive line on the bus like that, even though we all know they probably have to block better. And the other thing is, you know, in terms of the defense right now, the last comment in terms of oh, I'm, I'm sure they're going to come back and, and do better. That's fine, but you know, just say you know it was a rough game, and and I, I don't like putting pointing out you know teammates specifically units you know uh, in, in your press conferences as a young quarterback uh, as you're developing you know leadership on this team, and I, that's just me. I might be mean, be nitpicking, but obviously the kid is is something. He's a competitor. He's a guy that that just wants to win, and and uh, you know we see, we see him after victories where he's more upbeat, a little bit more you know easy going. And uh, and today it was just uh, you know a little bit more you know down. But uh, you know in terms of again, you ask him a play, you know you tell him explicit play. You talk about the the, the way he we, we calls it, exp, you know, to precise even to that touchdown to Nikhil Harry. I didn't even bother looking at that but he said that they probably had 10 guys on the field and i just kind of developed and, and so on and so forth he checked out of this checked out of that and you know that that kind of stuff is impressive for, especially for a second year quarterback a guy who's still developing in this in this league as well so other than just a little there's a little things i'm being a little critical on him in terms of just kind of keeping your comments and you know maybe to inside the locker room maybe you can talk to those guys you know separately because now he might have you know how the media is right they're going to take these words they're going to spin them around Oh, Fields, you know, uh, you know, take a shot at his offensive line. That that's got to be blocked better. Or Fields talks a shot on his defense. You know, like you don't want to get yourself in that situation. That's it. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, the the great quarterbacks will yell at their offensive linemen on the sidelines, and but they don't uh, they don't talk about it in front of the media. But I do see. I actually noticed during the course of the game that he wasn't running quite the same that he has in previous games. It's clear, and this was a short week too, it's clear that the hits are piling up on his body. And with nine games to go, I think it's really, really important that Luke Getze be careful about these pre-designed run plays uh, as effective as they are in helping us win games or stay in games. Uh, you got to also uh, keep in, in 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 mind that this is your franchise quarterback, and you want him to last for 15 years, not just get you a victory today. Uh, particularly given that the team doesn't have the roster to help him do the things that he's capable of doing. I mean, this guy is getting beat up. He's mm-hmm. he, it's it's kind of scary to watch, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, John, I touched on it real quick earlier. You know, but to me, and and this is something that that I'm adamant about too, in terms of like you do not want this guy to get get hit on, and and, and you know, in terms of these design runs. But today, you know, other than that first one, he, he kind of touched on there. You know, he's been pretty good in terms of getting out of bounds or or sliding and make sure it doesn't take a big shot there. So as long as he's doing that, I'm okay with running him. The other thing, because because he's getting beat up more in pocket, to be honest with you, although than he is actually running some of the on some of these runs, right? Like as long as he avoids taking on a linebacker, doesn't do a Josh Allen where Josh Allen kind of invites contact and looks to takes on to take on defenders. You know, just just get out of bounds, get your first down, get as much as you can, and get out of bounds. You know, do not want to take on anybody as long as he keeps doing that. You know, I'm I'm okay with it, right? Uh, but but I don't want him sitting in a pocket as, as a lame duck. Uh, especially with with today, I, I mean, going into today's game, uh, you know, missing three stars on offensive line, you know, you give up four sacks. A couple of them looks like they're they're just breakdowns, but uh, you know, you know, he took a couple of shots there. And there was one where he took a helmet to the to the chin, uh, to the face mask. They, they got called for a penalty. That was the one where that was the ball was kind of tipped and it was intercepted and that was called back. So, you know, he's taking a lot of punishment in general, whether it's it's running or just you know back there drop back and taking you know hits. And then 
you know, it's, it's, it's something that you, you have to be cognizant of if, if you're a Bears offensive play caller. And I think today we saw some more of those quick hitting plays, right? Whether it's the jet sweep handoff to Bayless Jones, whether it's the quick, you know, hitting slip screens to, you know, the Moonies or, or, or someone in the, out in the flats, you know, that's what you got to keep doing to get pressure off this kid. Uh, but, you know, again, the credit him, he's a warrior, he's a tough kid. The guy comes back. And he he keeps you know bouncing back up off these hits and he keeps going at her. So you know the one good thing is that, you know he's a big, sturdy, well-built athlete and um, you know six three two twenty five is something that you know was a highlight of his when he was coming out of Ohio State. So you know he's he's well built for this. But again, I don't care how big you are, how strong you are. You know, uh, punishment by these NFL defenders is going to eventually take take some some toll on you. And he said his legs were a little sore. Obviously, he didn't, you know it was a bit of a shorter week here. You know didn't have the full recovery time. So. Uh, hopefully that's not something that that's and I believe he did go into the into the injury tent too during the game second half so I think maybe that was just more maintenance hopefully uh but yeah again this is something you're gonna have to uh kind of kind of limit said, he said he had a hip contusion from last week and so when he got sacked uh they wanted to take a look at it in the tent uh so that is that is definitely a concern and uh, uh for those of you who are wondering you know why does John Buffon look like Aldo Gandia? No, this is Aldo Gandia. John had to leave. He's got uh, an important matter to take care of with his real job. And Tyler Ellis was spending some time with his family. So that's why we're a little shorthanded today. And you got to see my ugly face. But, uh, but thankfully, Danny Shimon is here. Danny, I want to ask you about uh, uh, Cole Komet. He scored his third career touchdown today. Mm-hmm. Um, you have been uh, basically tutoring, for lack of a better word, Bears fans and, and letting them know this is not a pass-catching tight end. He's an inline blocking tight end first and foremost. Can, do you see a, a ceiling? What is the ceiling that you see for Cole Komet as a pass catcher? Are we basically seeing that now where he's going to catch a couple of touchdown passes? Uh, a year and get 60 receptions like he did last season? Or is there more in store potentially with, with the Notre Dame grad? Well, Colcom, not that he's a, not a pass catcher. He's, he's not just an inline blocker either. He's, he's, I think he was billed coming out of Notre Dame as, as a Travis Kelsey type, a Rob Gronkowski type. That's what he's not. He's not one of those guys you flank out in the, in the, uh, in the slot and just expect him, you know, to kind of threaten the seam and, and be a big play, you know, uh, target down the field. He's a guy that, that that that's becoming a very damn good inline blocking tight end, and he's a guy coming out of Notre Dame. For me, hit my comp was Kyle Rudolph, right? The the, the tight end that was with the Vikings. Um, you know, had, had a, you know a cup of coffee there with, with Tampa Bay, but uh, you know he's a guy that that you know within that you know 60, 70 you know reception range. He's not going to be a thousand yard receiver like a Kelsey or anywhere close to that. You know, maybe it gets you five, six touchdowns, be a, a big target in, in the red zone. I think that's where you're looking at. And now, if you if you're the Bears, you want to kind of you know, uh, bring in another tight end that kind of compliments him. Now you go get yourself a, a kid that's, that's more of a joker type. They, they line up up in the slot, line up all over the field, you know, in terms of in the backfield everywhere. And he becomes a guy that can threaten the seam and work with hand in hand with, um, with, with Cole Komet, you know, initially not to bring up this name from the past, but you know what, but New England, they, initially they got Gronkowski and they got Aaron Hernandez, you know, it's something like that where Gronkowski was more of an inline blocker. Obviously he developed into more of a downfield threat, but initially it was, he was inline blocker. And then Hernandez was more of the guy that could flank out, be like a big bite receiver type. So that, that's, that's the kind of, um, you know, the uh, thing I, I would look for in terms of if I'm the bears in, in terms of what you're developing here for the future. But yeah, Cole Komet is a very serviceable, very good, you know, 
could, could be a very good tight end. It's just not the, the big play type that we've been looking for, like the Wallers, the, the, the Kelseys, you know, those types. He's not that type of tight end. Earlier in the chat, and I forgot to save it, somebody mentioned that Brian Pringle will be back, uh, potentially back for the next game against the Miami Dolphins Sunday at Soldier Field. How do you see his addition? Do you think that he can make a market difference with this uh, uh, passing game? Because it is obvious that, you know, as as each game goes on, you see incremental progress that Fields has with these receivers. But you know that it's not ever going to be quite enough to be a highly competitive team. And this team has to acquire some quality wide receivers during the, the off season. But what do you see Pringle's potential with the Chicago bears the rest of the way? Yeah. Pringle, what gives you, it gives you some toughness, right? He's, he's a, he's a guy that can work in the, in the slot kind of work when those, you know, we were, we were doing bare truth this past Thursday, and I showed you how the, the linebackers on opposing teams, their first steps, inclination is to two steps downhill. You know, and it gives you a lot of that green area. That's where Pringle can make some money, whether it's those quick hitch routes, whether it's, you know, those, those, those uh, 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 routes that go across the screen in that, that green area. You know, that's where I think he can make some, some big plays there, some hay for the Bears. And, you know, he's not a guy that's blessed with deep speed, but, you know, he's a guy who's, who can see at least showed an ability to get – 15 and 20 yards down the field football field, but it's another veteran receiver. Again, the, the chemistry within him and fields has not been there. Um, you know, cause that that's, he's been out all, all season or most of the season with, with an injuries, you know, various injuries. So that's something that's going to have to work back into the offense, but you know, something that, that kind of really excited me today was, was, was not only the, the addition of uh, the continued, you know, um, uh, passes thrown to or towards Patterson towards, towards Mooney, but and Keel Harry got a touchdown pass today. And, and, and it was, I think it was his only target, maybe one or two targets uh, throughout the football game, but it's, it's something where I, I want to see him incorporated more. Not that he's a, a dynamic big play, you know, speed burner down the field, but he's a guy that's a big body guy that, could, that if he's got one-on-one coverage, just give him a back shoulder throw, give him, give him a, a body a throw where he can use his body to kind of shield off the defender, go up and make a play. And whether it's a 10 or 11 yard catch, that's an easy first down. So, you know, that's, Taking what these players have, what their strengths are, and while they're not perfect, they all have some some strengths, right? And put them in positions. And so far, Luke Getzi has done a good job, at least the last two weeks that I've been looking at this after this little mini buy they had after Washington, where he's scheming these guys into positions where they're getting open, right? We saw, you know, um, you know, Donald Mooney today connecting some of those underneath throws. We saw again Pettis making some some catches as well. You know, Valus Jones had that ball in his hands. You know, if he makes that catch, that's a, that's a huge play right there as well. So, you know, getting him more acclimated and, and incorporated in the offense. But right now, you know, he's he's more powerful in terms of just giving him the jet sweeps or giving the ball, you know, on a, on a quick hitter and letting him do his thing in terms of having the ball in his hands because you can see that explosive ability with, with Village Jones there as well. So, you know, just getting these players in positions to to utilize their strengths is what I expect we'll get to do in the next couple of weeks. And, and Pringle gives you some of that slot ability, you know, being able to toughen and, and going across the middle and, and making some of those catches, maybe cutting out into the flat, giving giving Fields hopefully another viable, reliable, you know, a threat there in, in the passing game. Greg Gabriel uh, uh, believes that Alex Leatherwood really needs to basically ride the bench this season and really get him geared up for 2023 but because of injuries we saw Leatherwood activated to uh to the 53-man roster he didn't see any action he may have seen some snaps on special teams but he didn't see any action uh for the offensive line what are your expectations for Alex Leatherwood do you think he can help this offensive line at all this season 
right now, I mean, like I, I agree with Greg because you know, other you know, he's coming into the new system. He's learned this, this game, and then all of a sudden he got this illness that we are, we're not quite sure what it was, but it was some sort of medical condition where he lost weight, and now he's got to sort of kind of build that weight back up again and get his strength back up again. So, again, uh, I would I would feel more comfortable put, leaving Riley Reef out there, you know, unless he gets injured, and, and, and assuming Borm is not back next week. So, you know, he's a veteran. He's a guy who you know, he's not the player he used to be. Least, you know, he's, he's a veteran that, that's been there, done that. So, like, you know, like I would leave Riley Reef out there as opposed to getting Leatherwood in there, you know, especially because we just talked about earlier, the, the amount of hits, you know, that Fields has taken, not, not just the sacks, but, you know, the pressures, the hits in the, in the pocket when he's releasing the football. So, you know, I just, whatever I can do to kind of limit some of those hits is, is what I would look to do. And, and if Reef gives you that better option, which I do think he does currently, I leave him there. Now, in terms of next season, obviously, depending on what you do in the offseason, you know, what kind of competition you bring in along the offensive line. I think Leatherwood is a guy that, you know, could go ahead and, and be someone that could compete either, either a right tackle. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, I, I think Tevin Jenkins is doing pretty fairly good job at developing into a right guard. Some issues in pass blocking I have with him as well, but I think that's could, you know, potentially with better coaching could get better. Um, but, you know, I, I think, I think, you know, well, otherwise a guy that could come in there and, and compete for a right for snaps, at right tackle, depending on who you bring in next year, or even, even be a quality swing tackle. Cause he's played both left and right tackle in the NFL. What do you uh, make of uh, the, the Larry Borum? And now obviously people are going to talk Larry Borum versus uh, Riley reef. Uh, who do you think should the team look to, at right tackle when Borum comes off concussion protocol. Well, I mean, you know, I, I do believe in the saying that that a star that shouldn't lose their job due to injury, right? Uh, but but this is a this is a, a, a team where in which the starter wasn't really playing that great. I mean, I you know, Borum to me had some up and downs, a lot more up and downs. I think Braxton Jones was was the the uh, drew a lot of the attention, a lot of the ear uh, ire of, of some of the, the media. But I think I think Borum had was equally in terms of up and down in terms of his performance. And I think actually heading in today, I told John earlier, heading in today, I felt a little bit better knowing that a veteran like Riley Reef was going to be at the right side there, you know, helping the block for for uh, for Justin Fields today, as opposed to Larry Borum facing this, this this pressure, this defense by the by the Cowboys. So, you know, again, you know, he got some help there. There, there are some some chips there by the running back. There are some, you know, tight end help there as well, which is fine, which is great. Uh, but, you know, I think just just the veteran presence of him over there, as long as he's healthy, as long as he can maintain his health on the right side, I think I would just kind of ride it out with, with Riley Reef and, and just make sure, you know, Borm is, is back to 100%. Because like I said, he was not having a great year by any, by any stretch of imagination. Eddie Jackson, another interception uh, for the safety. He seems to have been found, uh, uh, rekindled his playing abilities. Uh, this defense is really working wonders for him. Is he part of this whatever you want to call it, rebuild, retool, whatever. Is he part of the Chicago Bears' future? I do think so. I, th I think Eddie Jackson has, has really, like, like I said, we've, I've been saying the last couple of years, you know, some some expectations have been heaped on him because of the contract, because of what he did the first couple of years in terms of he being an overall safety. He's more of what he is now, a ball hawking guy who can make a play on a football. He's never going to be the greatest, more, you know, more impactful, you know, tackler. I think, you know, with, with bringing in a brisker, we see him already in some of the limited snaps So him being that physical guy at the line of scrimmage, a guy who can make some plays while Jackson gives you more of that coverage ability in, in the back. Half. And I think that combination so far, has played pretty well, right? And I think uh, keeping those two together, I think Jackson, I know Jackson signed throughout the next couple of seasons. So keeping those two together, you know, you, salary cap is not going to be an issue for you. So I would keep the defensive secondary together and let them grow together, right? You have 
Jalen Johnson, Kim Vildor, and then, you know, Gordon, the rookie at corners. And then I would just I kind of keep that everything else safety wise, everything's still the same. And I wouldn't I wouldn't touch that for now. Regarding Robert Quinn on this morning's uh, Mike North's early bear special, he, he wasn't against the trade of Robert Quinn, but he thought that with the trading deadline being this Tuesday, that the bears perhaps should have waited on moving Robert Quinn until after this Dallas game, let Quinn play against his former team. And then, Hey, if you win the game, maybe you're, thinking playoffs and maybe you don't move him or maybe his trade value goes up a little bit. What are your thoughts on that? Well, you play coin and he gets injured and then, then there goes your, there goes your draft, you know, your draft pick that you're going to get from. So that, that, that's a, a risky. And then if you, if you don't trade, I mean, just make him inactive. And that's like, Oh, that's a red flag there as well. So might as well just, if you got, you got what you want in terms of compensation, you, you know, assuming that no one else wanted to give more, and Quinn actually, from what I heard, Quinn actually wanted to go to Philadelphia because I guess there were a couple of options for him, and he actually chose Philadelphia. So the Bears did him a solid and actually shipped him out to Philadelphia. Actually, I saw him line up today. He actually played a couple of snaps for, for the Eagles versus the Steelers game today. So, you know, I, I think it just, you know, once you have a trade agreed to, don't risk any injuries. Don't, no need to hold on to someone that you know is not going to be part of your future. You know, even, even if he was, you know, if they kept him and they didn't trade him, you know, he's a guy that wasn't productive really this, this year in terms of his sack totals, his sack numbers. You know, he was getting pressure here and there, but he wasn't really the guy that we had last year. You know, they got something for him. Um, you know, you're not going to, you're not going to keep them till next, you're not going to keep them next year either. You're going to, I'm assuming the plan is to revamp that defensive front. So that's the thing is like, just get your fourth round pick and, 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 you know, be over and be done with it. Uh, Danny, do you have the bears roster opened up on your computer there or can, do you have access uh, to it? At all? I can, because I can I pull it up here real quickly. If you give me a second. Yeah. yeah pull it up there, because what I'm going to ask you is, Moving forward, you know, with this team now three and five, and I'm not discounting the possibility that they could potentially get on a roll with this NFC North division being so weak, you know, who knows what could happen and who knows the entire conference is relatively weak. And so the Bears could find themselves in a wild card uh, playoff run. But what I want to know, because I agree with you that this season is more about getting everything together so that that way in uh, the off season, you can now retool, use all that salary cap money, use the draft assets to really build together a tremendous team. But you've got to know who you have on the roster now that can mm -hmm. be, be with the team in 2023. So I want to know from you, which of the young guys do you want to see get playing time and like, for instance, we're, we're just finished talking about Larry Borum and, and Riley Reef. It, wouldn't it be better to just put Larry Borum in there, give him the snaps, hope that he develops and so forth? You know what you have in Riley Reef. You have a average at best tackle, and um, he's, he's not as athletic as Borum. He's not as athletic as perhaps the offensive lineman the Bears want to have. So, you know, which of these young players do you want to see get more snaps in these last nine remaining games? Well, in terms of in terms of Borum himself, I mean, I mean, you've have a year full a year full of tape, and now these you know seven games of them. So, I mean, it's it's something that, that you you should have a, a relatively good, you know, kind of a kind of a thought in your head in terms of what kind of player this guy can be. You know, is he a right tackle? Is he a guard? Is he a backup? Is he even a starter? You know, that that's a thing you have to kind of answer to yourself going forward. But for me, for me. Personally, I picked Riley Reef just because I want to protect Justin Fields as much as I possibly can. I just feel a veteran could 
could possibly do it, right? Uh, I'm not saying he's going to be better than, than Borum. Borum could come back and have a, a bounce back in the second half and, and, and be, you know, okay at that right spot. Whoever, whoever gives the Bears the best option to protect Justin Fields at right tackle is who I want to start. You know, I have, I have no hat in this game, you know, in terms of who I want, who I don't want there, but I just want Fields protected. In terms of young players, I mean, I, th- I think we've touched most of them. I mean, if, if we want to go defensively, Obviously, you know, Dominique Robinson is, is a guy that, that that's a fifth round pick. That's, you know, I, I saw him more coming in this year as a developmental year. I saw him as, as a kid that's going to just kind of sit there and kind of learn from the veterans. But, you know, seeing that he's been heaped into into, you know, playing time here, you know, he came in uh, at gangbusters within the first couple of weeks with, you know, one and a half sacks. I think he had a, he had a sack or, or tap, tip ball today. I'm not sure what he did today, but it's something that he's a guy run defense wise. He is he is not someone that that can be relied upon so i think you know instead of just saying all right start dominique robinson if you do that then your run defense is, is going to get take a hit there right and we saw what happens today when your run defense can't stop anybody so you know for me it's, it's like you know you kind of don't put him in a spot where he's going to lose confidence and get over over you know over uh, overblown here with with some of these pressures and, and all that stuff so i would just l- let him be what he's doing right now and that's a situational pass rusher you have Gibson was a guy I had high hopes for coming into the season who's kind of disappointed me a little bit. And you have the veteran Muhammad. You have this this uh, undrafted free agent, uh, Inglesby Jonathan, I believe that's, that's his, the way you pronounce his name. Uh, Kingsley Jonathan uh, mm-hmm. is, is, a, is a, the kid that you picked up from, from uh, Buffalo. And from what I've heard, you know, Bills didn't want to lose him. He just came down to the final cut. So, like, let's see, you know, what he can do there as well. But, uh, you know, defensively, I mean, we talked about the secondary. They've, already, they've, they've done a decent job with incorporating some of those young guys in there. You know, unfortunately, you don't have many young guys to play up front defensively, right? So your defensive line, you know, looking at Blackson, Justin Jones, interior guys, those are solid guys. You know, maybe one of those could be a one technique once you have your three technique, you know, next to them. But, you know, up front, really, there isn't many, you know, young guys that I want to come out and see. Now, uh, what's his name? Uh, I believe either Joe Thomas got hurt or he got benched, but we saw Jack Sanborn out there today. I young draft a free agent who made this team uh, in, in preseason via you know special teams mainly and made some couple plays in versus that, that K, uh, in that KC game. But you know he's a guy that if you want to give him some more playing time, you know Joe Thomas hasn't really done a great job. I think you know Adams, like the linebacker, that's hurt on IR. He he was having a pretty solid season before he got injured, so I think they miss him there more than you know. Uh, we can kind of appreciate, but uh, you know, if you want to give Sanborn some, some play time here, here and there, that's fine. But in terms of, you know, once you flip it over defensively, I think there's a lot of work to be done up front. Flip it over to the, to the offensive offensive side, right? We talked about, sorry, you know, we talked about some of these guys already, you know, we, we got, you know, obviously we got uh, um, Braxton Jones starting a left tackle, you know, Schofield is in there right now playing for, uh, left guard for the injured uh, white hair. You know, do you want to see Jatir Carter in there getting snaps right now over a school field? I don't know. Again, because you're 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 blocking and you're trying to protect your your potential franchise quarterback. So you know, up front, there's not no one really there. I want to see you know kind of kind of take over there. So that, that's the thing is like you don't have that much here uh, in terms of of talent wise that 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 are just kind of you know languishing on on the bench if you will, right? So, you know, other than, you know, Velas Jones, you know, I was talking about earlier, you know, maybe he can borrow Darnell Mooney's, you know, jug machine and take it home and, and start, you know, using that and, and, and stirring up those hands. But you know, other than Velas Jones or, or, or another potential guy on, on offense, you know, there's nothing really out there that, that you can kind of bring in and say, hey, you know, give this guy a shot, give this young, young player a shot. Let, let's see what he could do. You know, Isaiah Coulter is a guy I, I was hoping to see more playing time from Isaiah Coulter. He's been active on the roster the last two weeks, been inactive, you know, uh, and has been uh, active for the games, is, is on the roster, but not 
in, available for the game. So maybe give him a shot, you know, maybe give us, you know, give him a see what he, he had a nice chemistry with Justin Fields in the, in the preseason it's it appeared and in, in training camp, maybe he gets some, he do something in terms of offensive, you know, we'll see what he can do there. But, you know, we talk about Pringle coming back possibly here. So, you know, again, you're going to probably limit his snaps. And I, I do want to see him kill Harry, get a, a fair shot in terms of at least trying and, and, and making an impact here on offense as well. So, uh, you know, unfortunately, there, there isn't much in terms of depth and talent that, that's kind of languishing on the bench that you can say, all right, yeah, bring these guys on. Let's see what they could do, you know. Trade deadline is Tuesday, so I got to ask you this question. I know, you know, this sometimes, you know, it's a weird thing to talk about. But uh, Ryan Poles is going to get some calls. And everybody is talking about David Montgomery, you know, trading him and, um, you know, he's on the last year of his contract. Khalil Herbert is playing really well. But don't you think that general managers might be calling Ryan Poles about Khalil Herbert first? Yeah, could, could possibly could be calling him for Herbert. I mean, I wouldn't do it if I'm Ryan Poles because I think Herbert is, is the next guy in line because, uh, you know, Montgomery and, and I love Montgomery. I love everything he brings, the toughness, the the, the leadership, uh, you know, the, the quality person he is uh, on and off the football field. But, it's, you know, me and running backs, I don't give running backs second second contracts unless it's a reasonable, you know, cap friendly contract. You know, I don't I don't go out there and put big money on running backs. So. Will a team come out here and, and make make an offer for Montgomery? I, I don't think so. Honestly, I don't think so. I mean, what are you going to get? A sixth-round pick, possibly? You know, right. is, is that worth it? I'd rather keep Montgomery on his roster. You know, you already got rid of a vet, uh, respected veteran and, and Quinn. You know, but do you want to give up another respected veteran offense just, just for a sixth-round pick, which, you know, may or may not be worth it? So I would just keep him, let him ride out. Maybe something happens in, in, in the offseason where, the, you know, the market isn't as robust as, as Montgomery wants, and, and he'll take a one-year or two-year offer and come back and play for a couple seasons for the Bears, which would be great, right? Uh, so I think, you know, I, I wouldn't trade Montgomery. You know, is, is there anyone on this roster other teams want? That's the thing. It's like, you know, like who, who would other teams come calling for? Would they come calling for Roquan Smith? Maybe, but then again, if you're the Bears, what do you what do you need to get back for Roquan Smith to to, to trade him, right? Um, you know, could could teams come calling for an Eddie Jackson? Could, could teams come calling for you know, some other veterans that you know maybe maybe Travis Gibson could be a guy that that you know doesn't look doesn't appear this this coaching staff from what I've seen so far is too high on Travis Gibson. Could another team say, hey, you know what? I like him, and and I, I think he could he can flourish in our system. Maybe give you a fifth round pick for him or something like that. And you know, but I, honestly, I I. I you know, Quinn was the biggest chip they had. And I think, you know, this this trade deadline is going to come come and go on Tuesday and, and we're not going to see any, any trades made by the Bears, to be honest with you. I don't expect any more trades to come, to come down the pipeline. Yeah, I would agree with you. Um, I do think that if any of those veterans is going to be moved, potentially moved, I I, I do think that there's a market for Eddie Jackson. He, uh, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of defensive coordinators who are thinking to themselves, you know, a, a ball hawking safety like Eddie could really help because we've got a pass rush and we just need turnovers and so forth. We're, just out of curiosity, would Eddie Jackson bring a second round draft pick? No, he would not. No, he, you know, I mean, I mean, at best, at best, you're talking about a conditional fourth that could probably, probably be a third rounder at best. And I, that's even me being like really, really, you know, um, you know, positive about that trade. But I, I mean, it's, it's going to be a day three pick, uh, you know, fourth, fifth round. And again, do you want to give up a, a player like that for that? And I, I don't think it's, that's worth it, to be honest with you. So, you know, Quinn, we knew he didn't have a future with this team. You know, his next two years were non guaranteed. And the most likely the Bears are going to go ahead and let him go and, and, and 
kind of you know fill in the gaps of somewhere else there. So, and obviously, I think I think I saw Philadelphia and and Quinn agreed to void the final two years of the season. So they, they probably gave him some sort of lump, you know, pump you know, there in terms of salary to have him void those final two years of the season. He's going to be a free agent after this year as well. So it's, it's just something that, that it made more sense to, to trade Quinn than it would to trade an Eddie Jackson for a day three pick. All right. Uh, before we get out of here, we need to talk about next week's game. Uh, the good, good news, bad news. The good news is the Lions lost after getting out to a, uh, what was it, a 23 to 10 lead or something like that. In any case, they lost to the Miami Dolphins. The bad news is that we play the Dolphins next week. Tuatunga Villaloa threw for 382 yards, three touchdowns, no interceptions. He had a passer rating of 138 today. Tyreek Hill caught 12 of those passes for 188 yards. Jalen Waddle, eight catches for 106 yards. Waddle had two touchdowns in the tight end. It's a family reunion, an outdoor adventure, uh, a much needed. Darn it. And the tight end, Mike Kosicki, had three catches and one touchdown reception. That's going to be a formidable offense for this beleaguered Bears defense to face. What are your expectations, realistic expectations, for the Bears playing the Dolphins at Soldier Field Sunday? Yeah, again, we talked about earlier what, what the Dolphins do here. What, what, what Dallas did is, is they bludgeoned the Bears up front, right? They just they moved them in terms of offensive line versus defensive line. Uh, and, and, you know, Miami isn't that physical in terms of their offensive front, but they do give you that vertical threat with, you just talked about Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill. These are guys that can catch five yards slant pass and take them, you know, 70, 70 yards to the house. So that's what you have to kind of be you know worried about or cognizant of if you're a Bears defense. Now this defensive scheme is, is made to not give up the big play. So that means you, you have the, the, the two safety look, you have the shell coverage, whether it's a cover four or cover two, however you want to, line up and design, you kind of have to kind of maybe, you know, most likely not play a little bit zone. So, but the thing with, with Tua is he's a, he's an undersized quarterback guy is not very mobile. He's a guy that if you put pressure up in front of his face, he's a guy's going to have some problems. So that's a key again for the bears defensively is that front seven. Are they going to be able to adjust and, and kind of recoup off after this, this embarrassing effort to be honest with you, you know, are they going to be able to come out and, and, and kind of, you know, dig deep and, and pull some of that pride out and say, all right, we're not going to do this again. We almost gave up a 50 burger. I mean, you know, one point away from giving up 50 points, you know, no defense wants to have that hung over their heads. So, you know, are they going to come out here and, and I'm expecting a, a better effort. I'm expecting the defensive coaching staff to come in there and, and just kind of harp on these guys and have them come out flying next, next weekend here at, at soldier field. So, you know, that's the thing I'm, I'm kind of hanging my hat on and, and just kind of limit the, the, the explosive plays for Miami where, you know, whether, I'm not saying you're going to keep them off the scoreboard, but if, if you keep them within 24 or under, I think now with your offense, and we kind of discussed earlier with, with the ability for Justin Fields to continue to use his legs, hopefully he's healthy, you know, and then continue to, to build this offensive game plan around whatever weapons he does have, you know, and then again, stress the, the running attack, you know, just kind of keep keep running the ball, keep running the ball, and then just kind of, you know, put some of these points up on the, on the board. You know, when's the last time the Bears put up 29 points and end up losing the football game, right? So that's the thing. It's like if you continue, and this is back-to-back weeks now, 33 on the road versus New England, 29 on the road versus versus uh, the Cowboys who came in with the, with the number one pass rushing defense in, in, in football. So, you know, that that is some very good progress that, that you're seeing here. So if that continues, you put up some points versus Miami, kind of limit that, again, their, their big plays. Again, easier said than done with that type of explosive play playmaking ability on the outside. You know, if you can do that, then I think you, it's going to be a competitive game. That you can always, uh, of course, you can always come out ahead here, especially playing at home in front of your home crowd and playing in front of, I'm sure you're going to announce Mr. Mr. Gandia is going to be there yelling his, his, his head off. will be there. Dan Aguirre will be there. 
John Buffon will be there. We're bringing the muscle. We're bringing the barroom bar muscle. Yeah, well, <laughs> too bad you're not going to be there. <laughs> she got a lot more muscles than I do. But uh, uh, that's on Sunday, of course. We'll be at the game. But on Saturday, we're going to be at King's Entertainment. And you should be, you being barflies, you should be there too. Nikki, I'm here at King's, just calling everyone to come join us on November 5th. That's right. Nikki is going to be our server uh, on uh, Saturday, November 5th at King's Entertainment, which is near O'Hare Airport. It's in Rosemont, King's Entertainment, 5505 Park Place in Rosemont, Illinois. It's at 2 p.m. for Barflies. The bar, bar room hosts are going to get there a little early for a little private get-together. And then after that, we hope to meet and greet as many Barflies as possible. So hopefully we'll see you there. And uh, Danny, you're going to bring your sister and your daughter. I get to meet yeah. your that's, that's, that's the uh that's the plan so far you know we'll see maybe i'll bring my son to come on my son's nine years old he's he's all into games now so he doesn't want to leave the house most of the time but maybe i'll, I'll drag him out and and uh have a good time but yeah i'm looking forward to obviously meeting everyone at, you know you know john and you and and everyone else that's able to come out from the bar room and also and all, all our bar you know our, our fans our listeners you know come out and just say hi and we can we can talk about the game on on sunday we can talk about you know, future for the for the Bears, how I, how how we see that going, this team kind of being put together, uh, you know, kind of projecting uh, projecting what's what's going to happen in the offseason. So it's going to be fun. I like to meet a lot of the guys and or, or guys and girls that 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 you know participate in our chats and and give us you know our material, our, our questions, and all that stuff. So it's, I'm looking forward to it, and and I have it marked down on my calendar for a couple weeks now. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I can't wait. Uh, it's going to be a great joy to meet a lot of barflies that we've interacted with for years and hopefully get to see them face-to-face. -face. Uh, some programming notes. Greg Gabriel and I are scheduled to be on the air oh, sometime after 1 p.m. tomorrow. And so we don't have a set time yet. Um, I'm getting a massage in the morning. So, oh, boy. Uh, Here we go. <laughs> I, thought those only for, I thought those were only for Mobile, Alabama. Uh, this one's a legal one. Oh, <laughs> So, um, and then after that, at 7 p.m. Central, uh, it'll be Mr. Shorty and Dan Aguirre on Bears Country Podcast. They'll talk about the skin, their uh, unhappiness with the uh, results. And then on Tuesday, Dan and Aldo bear their souls. And we got tons more uh, programming throughout the week. But that's our immediate programming. Make sure you let people know about this show with Danny Shimon and John Buffon. Tyler Ellis is going to join us today, but it will be available here on our YouTube and also I'll post it onto our audio podcast feed so uh, people can listen to it on the drive-in tomorrow morning. And, uh, and that's it. Danny, any final words? No, I just uh, again, it was one of those like those games where like you're you're pissed at the defense and, and the, the fact that they couldn't stop a nosebleed. But then, but offensively, again, you that's two weeks in a row now where you you see the the growth and the development and and the you know the play calling and everything else kind of gelling again. Going in there against the number one pass rushing defense with three starting offensive linemen and not playing and putting up 29 points, you know that that's that's positive, right? But you know again, you you want to win and and so I don't want to contradict what I've said all along is that this is all about Justin Fields, all about his development. I think today he took another step in terms of, you know, kind of showing what he could potentially become. Again, he's not there yet, but just, you know, seeing he's more comfortable in the pocket, just going through, I see him more going more through progressions now. Uh, maybe he's just developing more, developing more confidence in this, in the play calling 
in the in the blocking and everything you know there so but again everything starts and ends with it, this running this rushing attack and i think this is a, what we kind of talked about is, is the bears on offense one thing we couldn't we couldn't ever you know kind of you know predict or put our finger on in terms of under the Nagy regime is what are they on offense we know what they are on offense here they are a run first running team and everything else is built off of that that rushing attack so you know we'll see how that this plays out the rest of the season but you know as long as their defense keeps them in the games i think offensively now they have the potential to kind of maybe you know steal a couple of games out here and there and and, and end up like i said with you know six seven eight victories by the end of the season very good for danny shim and john buffon tyler ellis my name is aldo gandia we'll see you all very soon take care everybody